Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, as early voting gets underway, why aren't there more ADA-compliant locations in Harris County? Plus, in the race for Houston mayor, a new story has people asking, is it dirty politics or a legit story? And is Hakeem Olajuwon still the GOAT of Houston sports? Hey Houston newsletter editor Brooke Lewis joins me to recap these stories and more. It's Tuesday, October 24th, 2023. I'm Raheel Ramzanali, and here's what Houston's talking about. Okay, Brooke, I'm getting a lot of hate from Houston sports fans because I put this out there. After Game 5, what Altuve did, another big hit, another big home run off a closer, just willing himself to another win for the Astros. I said, is it okay to have the conversation of, is Altuve the greatest Houston sports athlete ever, mm. taking over Hakeem Olajuwon, who is the current GOAT. And people are not happy. But I think a lot of people are agreeing. So you are a casual Houston sports <laughs> fan. All right. I want to get your opinion on this. Is it okay to put Jose Altuve as the greatest Houston sports athlete? Okay, so I think either way, I'm going to get some hate in my inbox. And I'm fine. I'm prepared for that. But I think in my time, definitely. I mean, he's just such a positive face for Houston. He's really done so much. And when I think about the Astros, when they won the World Series during Hurricane Harvey, like his face always comes to mind along with Carlos Correa. But like he just is one of those like shining lights in Houston. And I know like Hakeem, I'm not going to I'm not going to say that he's not. It's just I was a baby when this was going on with. Uh, Hakeem. So I feel like I've actually been able to watch Altuve shine for Houston. So it, it to me, I honestly, no hate for me. I, I have to agree. I have to agree. So the other one that a lot of people were upset that I didn't include, Simone Biles, oh. is oh, one of the her. greatest ever, if not the greatest gymnast ever, yes. right? And she gets lost in the conversation because look, with sports fans, it's the major sports that get the headlines, mm -hmm. right? NBA, MLB, NFL. So Simone Biles gets lost in this, but she is the greatest to ever do it as well. And she's a Houstonian. So that's another one that we can put out there as well. Yeah. And I think you also have to mention J.J. Watt too. Like he just was honored by the Texans. And so I think he's yeah. another big face who really has done a lot for Houston sports. I think even though he doesn't live here anymore, will continue to give back to Houston. So that's another person I think of, but I love Simone Biles. I don't even know why I didn't think of her to begin with. She is See? one of my favorites. I just, I just love her. So. Yeah. I think JJ doesn't make the conversation for me because he doesn't have a championship, right? Yeah, Hakeem has two championships. True. He brought the first championship to the city of Houston, Altuve. We know all the accomplishments for him, the championships. So I know I, I'm a kid who grew up with Hakeem. Like I remember watching him. He was part of my formidable years, Aww. right? And he is my goat still. So I can't put Altuve over him just yet, just because of my personal connection. 
but it was a conversation. Yeah. All right, let's get to your biggest story so far for the week. What is it? What are you talking about? Yeah, so with election day coming up, um, I was really surprised by the story that I read in Houston Chronicle about how nearly half of election polling centers are not ADA compliant. So they're not compliant with the Federal Americans with Disabilities Act, which, you know, for people who need accessibility in Houston, I feel like this is a really big story because you just don't think about it. I think for someone who doesn't have a disability, I walk into my polling center, it's easy for me to vote. But a lot of polling centers across Houston, they're not accessible. Actually, only two of the 701 sites across Harris County are fully compliant. Um, th- what? Yes, there's <laughs> there's about 338 that can be made accessible by adding, you know, those temporary adjustments like placing mats over gaps in the ground or installing temporary ramps so they can be made accessible. But it is crazy that only two are actually fully already set up for people with disabilities. So I'm not up on all the ADA rules. Okay, I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But most polling stations are at schools, churches, and buildings that should be compliant, right? Right. Because you can't get a permit. So how is this possible? Well, it's just more, I think it's the temporary adjustments that come in. So these places will likely hopefully make those adjustments when it comes to election Mm. day, adding the mats, you know, making those temporary ramps for people. But it is, I still think it's crazy to think that just in general, like at community centers, they may not be as accessible to people with disabilities. Now, if you are somebody who does have a disability and you just don't want to deal with the hassle of trying to figure out which location you can actually vote at and where it is accessible for you to go, you can do mail-in voting and there's also curbside voting for people with disabilities. So that that's like another option. But I was really surprised by this and it sounds like Harris County is working to, you know, rectify these issues, but it is it is pretty surprising. Yeah, and one thing that Harris County is good at, look, it, the numbers aren't great, but they, as you mentioned, are working on it. When you compare Harris County to other jurisdictions that are the same size or bigger, we're actually just as good, if not better. For example, Chicago, we're better than them. Philadelphia, we're better than them. So that is something that we're looking at as well. Yeah. And I think another thing that they mentioned um, in the article that I thought was interesting is that they also don't want to disenfranchise other voters by maybe moving polling centers to places that are uh, more accessible. So a lot of these places have been chosen because they're in areas where maybe they're not certain populations are more prevalent. So they also are thinking about that, like they don't want to disenfranchise other voters they are trying to make it as accessible for all. So I think it is hard. I mean, we live in a big city. There's a lot of people that they have to accommodate to, but I think um, people with disabilities get lost in this conversation. So it's definitely um, something that people should be aware of and think about. And by the way, if you want to search ADA compliant locations, we've included a link in our show notes. It is linked there. You can search on the bottom of the story. You can put your address in and it will shoot out the closest polling location that is ADA compliant. All right, I'm going to get to my biggest story, and this is also about voting because it is about a candidate running for mayor, and that is Sheila Jackson Lee. Now, early voting started yesterday, and the big story that everybody is talking about is the alleged tape of candidate Sheila Jackson Lee berating a staffer about not completing a task. 
Now, the unverified tape took off on social media, and Sheila Jackson Lee's campaign said it was a part of a, quote, low-handed political tactic meant to discredit a thriving mayoral campaign and distract voters ahead of the early voting period. And it's unsurprising that these attacks have originated from extremely conservative blogs and political operatives backing John Whitmire. So things are getting a little spicy. (laughs) Now, this tape is out there. And again, it's unverified. And the campaign hasn't said that it is or isn't Sheila Jackson Lee. But if you have listened to it, it is an interesting listen. So that story is out there. And of course, the link is in our show notes. Have you had a chance to listen to it? And what are your thoughts on this? Yes, I did listen to it. And it is pretty spicy, as you said. And honestly, when I listened, I was like, okay, is this going to sound like uh, Sheila Jackson's voice to me? And honestly, it really sounds like her. It doesn't sound like anybody else. She has a very distinct voice. But I'm not surprised because I think her reputation, we've heard that sometimes there's high turnover in her office. There's heavy workload. So I'm not shocked that maybe that kind of rhetoric was coming from her, but it is still a little crazy that that's out there. And there's just, there's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. The funniest thing from that was the quote at the end where she calls the staffers two big ass children. (laughs) And I couldn't stop (laughs) laughing because that's something that I think I've been told before, like by a former manager, like, you're a big ass child. Like, what are you doing? Like, how did you drop the ball on this one? So it was pretty funny. And then the other thing, there's a running joke that Carly and I have is on air Raheel is so different than off air Raheel. And <laughs> Representative Shield Jackson Lee, unverified tape, by the way, talks like me, which is incredible because <laughs> I drop so many bad words when we're not recording. So shout out to her. And Again, I don't know if it's her or not, but we have to cover our bases here. So that's the tape that everyone's talking about. And look, I don't know if it is from Whitmire's campaign or not, but it is out there now. Do you think this is going to sway voters? Like, does it matter how you treat your staff and what you do for the city? Like, is there a distinction? Well, yeah, I think it definitely matters how you treat your staff. When I'm voting for someone, I want to make sure that the people that they're working for have uh, a fair and equal environment where they feel like their voices are heard and they don't feel belittled or demeaned in their workplace, because that is something that's an ongoing conversation about workplaces now, um, just making sure your your work-life balance is good. But I still think it may not sway voters because Sheila Jackson Lee is someone that is such a big presence in Houston and people probably have already formed their opinion about her. You know what I mean? Like that she's just been around for a long time. So I think people will already kind of have their minds made up going into this election. If it's somebody who is maybe new to Houston, a younger voter who just hasn't really paid attention to either candidate, then I think it could, it might sway them. Okay, so by the way, early voting is going on. You can find polling locations at harrisvotes.com. Houston's original neighborhood downtown is for everyone and it's poppin'. It's our open-hearted home for our biggest celebrations and our treasured hidden gems. From the world-class theater district to incredible green spaces like Discovery Green, downtown is the place to be. In fact, more people visited downtown Houston last year than the entire population of Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, and San Antonio combined. There's no better time to live downtown than now. From starter apartments to luxury lofts, everyone can take 
take advantage of the arts, business, culture, entertainment, food, and recreation. Now, you might think of downtown as only the heartbeat of Houston's regional economy, which it is, but there's so much more to it, including free events throughout the week with Downtown Houston Plus. From the Market Square Park Farmer's Market every Saturday to Yoga Flow every Wednesday, you can find something to do and eat and watch in Downtown Houston. Learn more at downtownhouston.org. Downtown Houston, get energized and revived. Okay, let's get to some rapid fire because there are a lot of interesting stories I want to get your opinion on, Brooke. So the first one is Papacitos is turning 40 and they're offering $40 fajitas. By the way, the price of fajitas, unbelievable. Yeah, it's too expensive. That's so, okay? that's so pricey. Remember earlier in the year, we found a website that this guy was tracking the price of fajitas <laughs> per pound. I wonder if that's still out there because it's so expensive because look, prices of everything has gone up, beef especially. So yes. I digress. The chain has grown to over 20 restaurants across Texas and Georgia. I didn't know that Papacitos in Georgia, but I learned that today. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you, Brooke, what's your favorite memory of Papacitos? And is it your favorite Tex-Mex restaurant? Okay, so I'll say the memory first because I don't want to start off on a bad note with Papacitos, but... I remember actually going to Papacitos a couple years ago, right when, you know, the restaurants were kind of reopening, everybody was getting back in their groove. And I met up with a friend that I hadn't seen in a long time. And I just remember us sitting on the patio, having a margarita. I think I had the chicken fajitas. They were a little less expensive than they are now. And it was just one of those things of like, man, I'm eating out again. I'm having Tex-Mex. It feels like the world is getting back to normal. So that's one of my really good memories from Papacitos. But I can't say that it's my number one Tex-Mex spot. My number one Tex-Mex spot in Houston is Escalante's. So I'll have to give them a little shout out. But congrats to Papacitos for making it to 40. Yeah, it's so cool. 40 years old. See, our family wasn't a Papacitos family. So I don't like have a good memory or a favorite memory. But I do remember going there a lot for one of my previous jobs. They would always do dinners there Mm -hmm. and I would just freeload, right? Like it would be a free meal. So it was great. And the service was always fantastic. Their Trace Leches cake is outstanding. So good. But yeah, I really don't have like a favorite memory because growing up, we went to Ninfas. And then when we moved more towards the suburbs, we started going to other fajita joints. But the one that of late has been our go-to place is Gringo's. So we usually go there for fajitas. and. To be honest with you, I can't even remember the last time we went for fajitas because it's gotten so expensive. And I was like, I'll just make them at home. Yeah. Like, I'll just go buy the meat and grill it myself. It's so much cheaper. So I, I don't even have a recent like place. I can't remember the last time we went for fajitas. Yeah, yeah. I know. It, it's one of those things now that I think could have been like an every Friday night type of tradition because it was inexpensive. Yeah. But now it's just so expensive. Even I was watching a TV show where the it was like from early 2000s, shout out Gilmore Girls, and she was getting a pizza ordered to her house. And he was like, that'll be $15. And I was thinking, wow, that's like cheap compared to what pizza is if you order it to your house now. Like it, it is crazy. And that's that show's not even that old. Yeah, my wife and I used to do a fajita Friday. We'd go for lunch <laughs> every Friday. We're like, let's go get fajitas. Just get half a pound and we eat, enjoy without any kids there. And now we're like, I don't know, fajita Friday, it might be a little expensive here. So uh, yeah, we haven't even done that. But shout out to Papacitos turning 40. Yes. Okay, my next story for you, Brooke. 
A 15-year-old Houston Drake fan rented out a billboard inviting Drake to her sweet 16. Mia Garcia's family bought the billboard on I-10 in Akron and is hoping Drake somehow sees the billboard or someone connected to Drake sees it and he shows up to her sweet 16 party in December. Pretty privileged right there to rent out a whole yeah. billboard. I'm just going to put that out there. But Brooke, if you had to rent out a billboard inviting somebody to a party of yours, who are you inviting? Oh, we already know it's going to be Beyonce. And I, I don't I feel like it's not going to happen, but it, it could happen. Just like this girl could have Drake show up at her birthday because he lives in Houston. It kind of reminds me that that reality show that was really popular when I was a teenager was my super sweet 16. And they had these crazy 16th birthday parties. Celebrities would show up. I mean, Drake has a home here, allegedly. He's in Houston. He He's at Trill Burgers. He could easily see this billboard. We don't know. And he could show up at this girl's party. Beyonce, I had a 30th birthday Beyonce party. Would have loved for her to be there instead of all of us just dressed alike as Beyonce. But I don't know. She could have shown up if there was a billboard and there's enough social media attention. Props to this girl. Now, would you ever buy your 16-year-old or 15-year-old because she's about to turn 16 in December? A billboard because no, those are expensive. No. It's not cheap to rent out a billboard <laughs> no. or lease one out. I would just tell her make a clip that goes viral on TikTok somehow, and you can get that the freeway. You can try to get Drake at your party through some kind of social media channel, but I'm not going to buy you a billboard. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Okay, if I had to invite somebody, I've never met Michael Jordan. I know he has no connection to the city of Houston <laughs> outside of just playing against the Rockets. And I know Vernon Maxwell would have beaten him and they would have won the championship anyways if Michael was playing. But I've never met Michael Jordan. And I would put out a billboard just to meet him. Like, I just want to meet him. And I've covered sports for a long time, you know, earlier in my career. And I never ran into Michael Jordan, like in an interview format. I've always seen him around, but I've never had a chance to like go talk to him. So I think it'd be fascinating to talk to Michael at this age you know, where he's so removed now from the game in terms of not playing, but he's still part of it. I just want to talk to him and just like pick his brain. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, no, that sounds awesome. You know, what's so funny about me is that I am a casual sports fan, but I love sports documentaries. So I watched mm. all of Michael Jordan's sports. I, I watched it all, ate every bit of it up and I, wow. I enjoyed it. And I do that for other sports documentaries. I love them. I don't know what That's it is. fascinating. I did not it's know so, that. So you watched The Last Dance I, and you loved I it. Did. That's cool. I watched The Last Dance. And I, I there's other ones that I really enjoy. And even just like uh, some of the sports, uh, Last Chance You on Netflix. I like watching the, that kind of stuff. I don't know. It, I, I'm a sports documentary movie person, but actual sports following it from season to season. It's a little more challenging. So we'll just create a partnership here. Here's what we do. If Michael Jordan comes to my party, I get to come to your Beyonce party because Jay-Z might tag along, yes. right? Like she might drag him like, hey, look, I have to go to this random party. You have to come with me, okay? So I, I'll just hang out with Jay-Z. I'll keep him coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that'll be that. Be that. Yeah. So there you go. Good partnership, good trade here. Exactly. Because most people at my party aren't going to care that Jay-Z's there. So then you can keep <laughs> him occupied because everyone's going to be fangirling over Beyonce. True story. I ran into Jay-Z at the 4040 Club in Las Vegas one time. What? We were up there and I tried to go talk to him and his bouncer kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> but you were in the same room as Jay-Z. That's pretty cool. Like in the same booth. Like I was right oh there because a friend of his, it was a friend of ours and somehow we got in there and like literally he was sitting right across me and I was like, what's up, Hope? And the guy was like, no. <laughs> and he just kicked me out. It's so funny. There you go. There's a little random story for you. <laughs> That's so cool. 
All right, before we leave, I want to bring up something that we talked about last month, and it had to do with a white truck in Buffalo Bayou. Well, I've got an update for you. This isn't much of a gripe as much as an update, and finally things get done. Well, that white truck that was stuck in Buffalo Bayou for almost a year was finally removed. The truck belonged to Alejandro Torres, who passed away, and his body was found tragically later downstream. But since then, there's been a lot of drama regarding his truck because of where it was in Buffalo Bayou. It was near private property. It was remote. Nobody knew who would remove it. Is it the insurance company? Is it Harris County? Is it the private property? There's so much drama. But finally, it was all figured out and all the red tape was cut and this truck has been removed. And it is a fascinating story about what exactly happened when so many agencies have to take accountability and figure things out. So I've included the link in our show notes to read about how it was removed and what exactly happened with it. But just a fascinating story that is finally resolved almost a year later. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's a crazy one. Okay. Do you have a gripe or something you want to talk about in the final few minutes, Brooke? So I feel like every Houstonian can possibly relate to this. As you're watching the Astros during the playoffs, you're staying up later and later and you ha- you still have to wake up at the same time. You still have to wake mm-hmm. up and maybe get take your kids to school, whatever you have to do. And for me, I just think because of this, everything should shut down. We should just have a, <laughs> a couple weeks off to just totally support the Astros and be able to stay up as late as we want. And then we don't have to worry about work in the morning because we are still tired. School's out. People don't have to worry about getting their kids up because I just know everyone that has been up watching the Astros, they're tired the next day. So that that's my gripe. But also it's like such a fun thing to to complain about because we've had this happen so many years now. So we it's just a fun and exciting time in Houston. Yeah, it's and it's not even just like the games ending past 10 o'clock or 1030. It's the stress that comes with it. So your body is just exhausted by the end of it. Or if you're like me, my body's wired from it. Like, I'm like, oh, now I need to consume more of this. I need I need to figure out like, what are they talking about in the post game? And what's Twitter (laughs) saying? And this and that. So you end up staying awake even later. So that's the frustrating part. And a lot of people are upset that when the Astros games are on at like three o'clock or four o'clock, they're like, wait, we're the champs. Why are we putting these games on so early? (laughs) I love those games because you knock it out. You can get to bed at a decent time. You can get all that stress out, which is nice. But I'm with you. Yeah, the the, the Astro runs for the last seven years has been putting a lot of stress and late nights on Houston fans, but totally worth it, right? Totally. I just remember my dad during Hurricane Harvey, that World Series run, he was like, I never want to go through this again. But then the next year was (laughs) like, I want to go through this again. Like he was like so excited about it. But it is stressful, but we can't complain because we just get to watch the Astros be amazing and awesome. That's the perfect way to end this episode. Brooke, thank you so much. And everyone subscribe to Hey Houston at houston.citycast.fm. You do such a great job with it. So please, everyone subscribe. And Brooke, thank you for joining me today. Yes, I had a great time. Thanks for having me. That was Brooke Lewis. And as always, you can find all the stories we talked about in our show notes. Before we go, a big part of CityCast Houston is you. Did you know you can send us story ideas from your part of H-Town? We'd love hearing about what's impacting you. So don't be shy and send us a message with the link in our show notes. That will do it for today. 
thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something new. So I have, <clears throat> sorry, I'm going to have a lot of clearing throat. Yeah, sorry, okay. Carly. It's disgusting. <laughs> Living in Houston. <laughs> okay. Who knows? <clears throat> oh, no. Now my voice. Oh, sorry, guys. Oh, no. <clears throat> Passed it on to you. <laughs> Virtually. I don't know what happened. <clears throat> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs>